Welcome to the Grace in the Gray podcast, where we use the black and white of scripture to speak truth into the gray areas of culture. We are back with Rick and Jordan. Welcome back, guys. Finally back. That's right. Kind of like you were in timeout, Rick. It happens more frequently than I would like to admit. Yeah, same here. (laughs) So we've talked about a lot over the past few episodes. Um, Substance use disorder, addiction, recovery. This episode's a little different. We're talking about body image. Oh. Yes. So my question for you guys right now, is the topic of body image in the Bible? You want to go or you want me to go? You go ahead if you're ready. You seemed eager. I'm not. Okay. Well, now you're going either way. Yeah, so. I guess I got it. Body go. image, body positivity. I mean, yeah. I w- right off the cuff. I mean, all throughout the Bible, I mean, our bodies are obviously important because they're created by God. We can look in, we can look in different passages. Psalm one nineteen is the first one that comes to my head. Is talking about when we are in our mother's womb, the Lord knit us together. He created us. He formed us. Um, and so, when it comes to our body, God was very much so in that process and made us who we are in terms of how we look, our personalities, all of those things. Um, so yeah, I would say because of that, it's important. Then we see in the New Testament for those that are believers, our bodies are important because they're temples of the Holy Spirit. And so we are, it's crazy to think about we're housing the Lord mm-hmm. in, in some capacity, um, through his Holy Spirit. And so, yeah, I would definitely say, um, our bodies are important. Um, they definitely have value. Um, and it's, it's definitely something that we should care about because God cared enough to create it the way he did. Yeah, I think I would add maybe to go even, I mean, I think this this question is really answered in the first two chapters of the Bible as we get the made in the image of God um, that were created in his likeness and given this specific task of mirroring him to the rest of creation. And now obviously that has some ramifications outside of just our physical body, although it's certainly part of that being our physical body, that we are made the way that we're made to look. We know that Jesus manifests himself as a man um, on earth, and so we see that aspect of body image. But I think the question being, is body image a biblical thing? I think this is one of those terms that's been so dramatically hijacked by our culture, right, that I would be very, I would be very careful to go, yeah, Bible, body image is absolutely a biblical we have a biblical stance on it, which is great because we're, we're in the gray area, right? But, uh, you know, it's one of those cultural terms that depending on where you're coming from or what lens you're looking at this through, you could be talking about almost an infinite number of possibilities when you use the phrase body image. And so I would say, yeah, the Bible, just like Jordan said, is passionate Old and New Testament from the very beginning to the end about our bodies that we know we will have a regenerated body even as we read through uh, Revelation that God will make a new heaven and a new earth and we will have a new body. So this is this concept of our spirit being inside of a body is not going anywhere. Um, but I would be careful to just draw a hard line and go, yeah, body image is a biblical concept. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think too, I mean, you've said it, you said it many times on this podcast, Rick, is and I think in the realm of um, sexuality, but I think it applies to this too, is it's almost body image almost equates to finding our identity in the way that we look or maybe what we have or what we offer. Um, 
and so, yeah, I, I would say move with caution because a lot of times, like we've talked about before, we can equate body image with our identity, which is where it gets dangerous. I guess my question, I'll ask this because this is something I think about, especially working with teenagers, is we look in the Bible. Um, I think it's First Samuel uh, passage that people go to a lot is, you know, people look on the outward appearance, the Lord looks at the heart. Or we look at Paul's words to Timothy where he says, hey, bodily training is of some value in this life, but training in godliness is has more value because it gives us benefit in this life and the life to come. How as believers, how do we find a balance of taking care of our bodies well, but it not it not jeopardizing our relationship with God or finding our identity in our relationship with God. How do we find that balance? So crazy. I pulled the exact same scripture to talk about because I mean, it. how does this mean that we don't have to take care of ourselves? So for the Lord sees not as man sees man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. That almost sounds like, Oh, don't worry about it. I would would just like that. I'm just for anybody listening. I'm pro camp. Eat fried chicken and whatever you want, oh, yeah. uh, you know. So just just know that's my bent. That I don't want to eat healthy. Like I understand that people are like, no, a kale salad is good. And here's the thing, it's not. So you know, yeah. and we can back up to episode one or two, whatever it was, and know the only way that you can make it worse is Chick Fil A garlic herb branch dressing. Oh God, that's like an OG episode. We didn't think we'd have to listen to him talk about it. Okay, again, so your we're... your question is, how do we honor God but still yeah. take care of our bodies? Yeah, how and do not... we how do we find that healthy balance? Because there's obviously, like I said, like I don't think that passage is saying that our outward appearance isn't important. And then we look at Paul's words; he says that bodily training we should be doing something in terms of taking care of our bodies because there is a benefit in this life, but. Training and godliness is more important because there's a benefit in this life and the life to come for eternity. And so, yeah, it's something I think through because I think if 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 I'm going to be vulnerable for a second. So growing up, um, middle school, I was I was pretty chunky. I was a chubby kid. And then the Lord blessed me with puberty and I grew <laughs> Like a you might foot. be the first person that's ever said the Lord blessed me oh, with dude. puberty. <laughs> maybe, listen, maybe on our Instagram page, on, I don't know how we do it, but just put a picture of me in middle school Aww. and then put a It's like, it's amazing. Um, I had the glasses, braces, just, ch- I had all of it. And, you know, I overcame and I'm sitting here <laughs> with you guys today. But I think for me, like for a really long time, I saw exercise or I saw food as specifically exercise because I still like I've gotten to a spot now where I still like I've always loved moving and doing exercise and that kind of thing. And I'll even admit I exercise now in some in some aspects like I just got back from a week long or weekend long vacation where I ate a ton. But I also worked out a good bit because I'm like, listen, I'm going to eat really good but if I don't work out, I'm going to feel like crap and it's just going to stick on to me a little bit more, you know? Um, but for me, I remember in middle school, like I saw exercise as I'm doing this so that I can look a certain way, which comes back to what you're saying of that comparison trap where we're comparing ourselves to other people. I, I have to fit this certain 
mold. I have to fit this certain image that maybe I see on social media or I see in the, or I mm-hmm. see through celebrities or whatever it is. Um, and, and so honestly, my answer because of my experience and something I still work through daily is we have to see things like exercise we have to see things like dieting and even food, food and exercise. Like Lauren asks me all the time because I love exercise. Lauren does not gets taken. Lauren, like Lauren loves Peloton and those kinds of things, but that just doesn't, that's her niche and that's it. I just love like you tell me to go do anything and I'll go do it. And so she asked me, how do you go run? Like even just a mile, how do you do that? And it's because I think about it in the way like God has given us our bodies and we can move them. And I think it was a guy named Eric Liddell who was an Olympic runner. Um, the the guy, the movie uh, Chariots of Fire. Y'all remember that movie? It's the movie, like the slow montage. It's like... Dun, 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 oh, dun, that. Dun. <laughs> and so he said that he felt like God put him on earth to run because when he was running, he felt the closest to God that he felt right and so like i think we miss that sometimes in terms of exercising eating like food is good like i love food right and i see it as maybe not kale but i see most food as a gift to be enjoyed obviously like we've talked about with alcohol or different substances or whatever we could put anything there it can be abused and same with exercise it can be abused but we have to see those things in our bodies, too, as gifts to be used, not to earn something from other people, to earn something from God, but to live out the life that we have and the goodness that we have through the goodness of God, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think a, I think a big thing for me as we, we try to explore this topic and the question that you asked, Sam, is... And we drive, and I drive to this a lot in our discussion in here is like really examining the motivation behind whatever decision you're making, regardless of if it's healthy or unhealthy. There's a, there's, there's always some level of motivational force. And I think this is one that's particularly dangerous because no one, believer, non believer, I would assume, I shouldn't probably say no one because somebody objects to everything in the world that we live in, but very few people uh, would object to, we live in the most hypersexualized culture, at least in American history, right? And so, which is why I was hesitant to when I said body image is biblical, is because recognizing for many people, as we use the term body image, we don't use this. People don't immediately go to the fit, health and fitness magazine section. It's more often Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition or. Victoria's Secret. Yeah, Victoria's Secret or some kind of hypersexualized idea of the way that I'm supposed to look as a man or or you're supposed to look as a woman or whatever it may be. And it's not even... Or even the kind of person to look for. Yeah, and it's not the idea of like, hey, this is a gift that I'm using as a gift given to me by God. It's almost this, this is a gift given to me by God that I can use for the purpose of self-elevation or to find fulfillment in the opinion or what my body or body image does for others, right? That I find my satisfaction in the way that others view me. And I think that's such a dangerous slope, especially as you talk about you know, the, the, the middle school, high school age range of people where you're wrestling out and ironing out identity, right? Yeah. And, and it's, it's, it's hard for me right now. I, you know, I, how early this starts, I have a four-year-old daughter named Piper who like, 
she got this little makeup set. It's it's a toy, you know. It's not like anything like Sephora. I'm, I'm trying to talk my wife out of going to Sephora because we cannot afford that stuff. Yeah, that will burn um, straight through your wallet. <laughs> Been there. Um, but she got this stuff, and just this idea of I go in the bathroom and I put this makeup on and I put this lipstick on, and that's what makes me beautiful. And it's and it's trying to reinforce your beauty's not even found in your physical your physical appearance right that that's that's an aspect of it there's certainly some of it that's found in that that that's a gift of god and and my my daughter is beautiful um you know she's a tremendous gift and all of those things but trying to to reinforce for her and and I would encourage you if you're a believer or non-believer that man you've got to you've got to find self-worth self-value and a better image of your body than a magazine, right? You've got to find like it or other people's opinion of the way that you look. And it's because that's the funny thing for me is you do like a historical study and that there's been years where the opposite of what we see now is the desirable body, right? Yeah. By culture has been the desirable body, right? Like you even think back to like more biblical times and like the heavier side of things was the more desire because it meant you were wealthy, yeah. right? And people drove to that. And so I was like, I want to find somebody with wealth because I, I guess you could afford to eat things that weren't kale, um, <laughs> that were actually worth eating. Uh, and eating so bushes. I think, I think pursue a body image that recognizes your body as a gift from God. Don't pursue a body image that chases culture, right? Like I, I think of you know Romans twelve two. Don't be conformed to this world for the believer. Um, but I, but I would tell you, this is one of those passages that even as a non-believer, I believe like if you'll just interact with it a little bit, can be so unbelievably encouraging that it's you're given permission by God's word to not have to subscribe to an ideology that you find all around you, yeah. right? That you're that that Christianity was the original hipster movement, right? Like come and be something different yeah. that recognizes, hey. For some of us, we're going to run because it's a gift from God. For some of us, we're going to nap and find rest and find sauce in that because that's, that's a gift from that's God. That's more Lauren. <laughs> yeah. We're going to find that as a gift from God. And, and it's all of these things, our body and what we use our body for are gifts that ultimately roll up into a deeper form of worship. And I think to adapt to the cultural climate of body image, it has to be this and your acceptance is grounded in your looking this way, just robs you of both happiness and joy, right? Yeah. I think you just set yourself up to be miserable regardless of if you're blessed by puberty or not. <laughs> yeah. I would say this too, because again, it's it's one of those where again, to take care of our bodies, there is value to that. But it's like you said, like if, if you really zoom out and look at the people who are building their entire lives on how their bodies look, it's just... Like a, like a really good example. So I love watching trash TV. And so a show that I've watched here and there um, when it's on is a show called Botched. Have you ever seen that show before? Yeah. I it's a show on one. E where it's basically like people who've had like thousands and thousands of dollars of surgeries and like one of them went wrong or they want more surgery, but they've had so much that they've had doctors tell them like, hey, if you have another surgery, you will die. Right. But it's like, if you really zoom out, one, why would we build our lives on something that the older that we get, it just breaks down more? Like our bodies are breaking down, things start to sag, things start to get wrinkled, right? Like, yeah, you turn gray. So it's like, what's the purpose of that? But then also, too, like I'll look at, and, and I think it goes with anything, but specifically these people, whether it's on social media or a show like Botched, it's like they've had 
over close to a $500,000 of plastic surgeries. And they're like, yeah, but I want more. It's like, there's never going to come a point where they're like, yeah, I'm satisfied. It's always, I got to fix this thing up or I want to take this out, put this in, do, you know what I mean? Like do those types of things. So for me, it's just, honestly, if you really, I think this is true for a lot of things, but if you really zoom out and look at what we're actually doing when we do that, it's foolish. Cause it's like, we're putting our stock in something that's ultimately going to fail us time and time again. Yeah. I think the big, the big, the big like line that I would draw is like, what are you looking for in what you're pursuing? And yeah. I love that you use that word satisfaction and we seek satisfaction in so many things that will never lead to satisfaction. Right. And this is on both ends of the spectrum here. Like some of us, myself and this, like, we pull into Krispy Kreme when the hot now sign is on to see how many we can eat, right? And the, like, here's the thing: you're going to immediately be hungry again. And for some I'm reason, when, right yeah, now, when, they're, when the hot now that. sign is on, you can eat more of them and not be satisfied. But we return back to that place, looking for that satisfaction or that fulfillment or that chemical stimulus that convinces us for at least a blip that we are. And the other side of it, right? Like this: if I can get myself to this spot, right? And I, I think you know. Philip referenced a few weeks ago as we were walking through this mental health series that we've been in here at Cedar Creek, um, girls that take hundreds and hundreds of photos on Instagram to post them on Instagram. And if they don't get X number of likes and X amount of time, they just take them down because it doesn't. I'm like, man, this is this is so heartbreaking on so many levels. One, because your self-worth is wrapped up into, into a tiny fragmented picture of all that God has blessed you with. And there's so much infinitely more for you out there. But two, because the people's opinion that like that and put those things up will change tomorrow. Yep. What they're looking for will be different tomorrow. And you're you're just chasing a transient, never, never achievable, never obtainable never satisfiable no. goal right and it's it'll never be enough yeah you're you're the hamster right yeah. <laughs> the wheel never stops spinning yeah and i think that's for me and so i would i would say to the non-believer out there you've got to find something right and this is this is the this is one of the kind of conversations and thoughts that eventually re led me to put my faith in Jesus is because I I tried so many things, right? So much of what we've talked about for the past several episodes, I never went the body image route. It just wasn't me. I was six foot two, 150 pounds in the eighth grade and have pretty much stayed that way the rest of my life, which is a gift. But, you know, it was like, I've just been long and lamping Gumby for a long time. And it just is what it is. Like, a, I also don't care enough to lift weights. It's like, yeah, that hurts. I'm not doing yeah. that. I'll run. I'm with you. I'll do that. But I'm not, I'm not going to lift weights. I'm not going to do those things. And just the exhaustion, like, like I want you to hear not judgmentally, not like, God, you've train wrecked your life. What you're doing is so stupid. This is so dumb. But there's a God who loves you. Um, there's a God who longs for a relationship with you that wants you to find satisfaction in things that are actually satisfying. And and I, and I would encourage you to find people or to find a place, to find a local body, a church that you could plug in that will teach you those things, um, that will teach you the gospel and who Jesus is. Not that religious reform saves or not that you have to wear this type of clothing or this type of bathing suit or behave this way is going to be the thing that saves. And, you know, I think it's 
Because I also want to be careful and not go, hey, culture is the only one to blame for what's made this conversation so difficult. The church is the church has botched this as well, right? In an attempt to do some really good things, I think has done some really poor things. And I think there's there's a level of owning that that we have to do um, as the big C global church and going, hey, yes, modesty is what, what was it? We modest, 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 hottest. Yeah, that's what we used to say in student ministry terms. Modest is hottest. Like those are those are things, but that separated from the saving grace of the gospel sets people up with an exhausting chase on the other end of the spectrum that they won't ever be able to obtain which i which i'm glad because i was actually while you were talking i was thinking of that phrase specifically modest is hottest because and i want to get your take specifically you sam because from the female perspective because i'll say two things of how the church has botched that phrase like I, I don't as a student pastor i don't like that phrase at all because one if you look in culture that's not true right like modest isn't hottest in terms of what culture says but we've also botched it because it's always a conversation about females absolutely which is wrong right it's like modest is hottest so ladies to keep the guys from struggling with sin, y'all need to wear trash bags and turtlenecks all year, right? Because it's my fault if, yeah, it's if your, I distract someone. Yeah, it's your fault that someone else is struggling, which, like, again, we can get into that where it's like we do need to be mindful of what we're doing and thinking of other people. Um, but it's not just – modesty isn't just a girl issue. It's a guy issue, too. We were talking about it the other day, like – when we were in middle school and high school to be like the bodybuilder, like working out, flexing, doing shirtless pics, like those dudes got roasted in terms of getting made fun of. Whereas now with social media influencers, and I see it time and time again in my student ministry is like, guys are doing that all the time, posting them, sending Snapchats, doing that kind of thing. So how would, how would y'all have that conversation with somebody in terms of, in in the Christian circles where modest is hottest is something that's said not just to girls, but to guys too. Well, I think we need to recognize that it's not just women who struggle with body image on the negative side and the positive side. So you can have a male or a female who thinks less of themselves, who might even have body dis how do you say the word? Dis dysmorphia. 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 Where they don't even recognize what their body actually looks like. Yeah. They're so self-conscious that they think less of themselves. Which I'll, I'll say this, not to interrupt you, mm-hmm. thinking of chubby middle school Jordan, there's still times today where I look in the mirror and I, I don't have a six pack, but I could. And I still, there's times where I still see mm-hmm. chubby glasses, braces, Jordan. Right. So that's a real, that's a real thing. So men and women boys and girls, however you want to say it. And then on the positive side too, where like you, I think you told me, you know, you'll, you'll catch whoever taking selfies and, you know, promoting themselves because they feel so good. They look good. They feel good. And, you know, elevating themselves over other people. Um, So I think it's just important to recognize that there's no, it's both genders. I mean, men and women both struggle with it. I think for me, and it's, Obviously, not a girl, but having a, a daughter, my my prayer for her consistently, especially as we started with the makeup stuff and and like beginning to already recognize that this culture is pushing her at four years old to be this thing, and she's adapting to that. Is 
is really teaching first myself and then her out of an extension of understanding how God's grace interacts in my life, like where your actual value comes from, right? And so then from there, you don't have to be these things, right? Like you don't have to wear these things. You don't have to behave this way. You don't have to put this stuff on. Like that's that's not who you are. That's not ultimately going to define your worth and your value and your place and how people should or do view you. Um, and, and how people do view you or choose to look at you is not ultimately where your worth comes from. And I, and I think recognizing that for all of us, just like the last couple of episodes, this is all going to be an ongoing an ongoing struggle or an ongoing wrestling match that day by day, moment by moment, there's going to be the moment that you look in the mirror and it's not in a good place. And there's going to be moments like we don't talk about it on the other side. There's going to be moments that you look in the mirror and it is in a good place in the unhealthy side, yeah. right? Like, you know, and I, I think both of those are just an opportunity, one, to heart check ourselves and to go, hey, there's, we're intended for more than this. And then when we get that with the people that we interact with, like, just remind them, you know, when you're having the conversation at dinner, like, dude, I, I feel like I look a hot mess. Well, like, yeah, maybe you do, but that ultimately, like, that's not. That's not the measure of how successful or valuable yeah. or, or, you know, of who you are and the same in, you know, going out with the girls and that kind of thing. You know, it's because it is it's such a crazy and twisted and convoluted world when it comes to body image and all of the stuff that we see and all of the things that people cling to. when We talk about this and it and it really is at the core of it, just like you're talking about with the surgery stuff. It's just heartbreaking, mm-hmm. right? It's just for this to just catastrophically dismantle so many beautiful people's lives and at any given point be able to do it to people who don't wrestle with it right now. And so I would say for me, surround yourself with people who will pour into you what your real value is, not what they need your value to be, who don't need you to look a certain way, act a certain way, be a certain way. And if you're a believer, I would say condition yourself to be that for people, right? To be that loving voice of reason that says hey that's that that's not who you are that's not you know hey we don't have to go to the gym for nine hours for you to be what god created you to be but if we want to go to the gym for nine hours because it causes you to fall deeper in love with jesus and worship him then let's go to the gym for nine hours and i think helping people living inside of community because that's what all of the world is right and it's it's inside of community that's adopted this thing and i think we we bond together as community and to go, hey, we're we're not gonna conform. We're gonna Romans twelve. We're gonna be transformed by the constant renewal of our mind inside of community with one another to believe that all that the world sells me that I have to be is not what I have to be. I think I think some practical because people are listening right now and probably thinking, what are some practical things that we can do? What are what are things that we can think through? questions to ask those types of things and the and the verse that keeps coming to my mind is one that we've said a lot on the show uh is is paul's words where he says every because we're under the grace of jesus everything is permissible but everything's not beneficial and so thinking through because this body image topic covers so much whether it's outfits that we wear things that we post plastic surgery, Botox, aging, aging, those types of things. I think some practical thing, thinking about Paul's words there, 
and some of the other ideas that he talks through and concepts in the Christian life. Um, I, th- I think two practical questions, th- things that I try to think through regularly is one, through something I'm about to post or someone's going to post or through an outfit that I'm going to wear or the types of clothes that I'm going to wear, the lack of clothes that I'm going to wear, someone's going to wear. I think a good question to ask is, am I feeling a void? That's something we've talked about. But through me doing this, because there's times and, and being in student ministry, I've been able to tell when this time comes. I can see specifically, I'm not trying to call out girls um, because teenage girls do it and also adult girls do it, is if I know without a girl telling me if they're in a relationship and they've broken up with the person that they're with, I can tell by a certain post showing off certain things. That person broke up with that other person. Dude, do not do not throw any shade right now to any of Taylor Swift's. I'm albums, not trying to. Dude. I'm That's not trying. Like, no, I would never do, do that. Do not do it right now. I would well, never do I that. Mean, we will be careful. They won't even let us put this yeah. this podcast no, I know, up. I know, I know. The term "revenge body" exists exactly. for that. Yeah. So, so thinking through, I think it's very beneficial to think through. Am I? What am? What's the purpose of me doing? Like, if we're digging below the surface. Like, it's not just an outfit. It's not just a post. There's a reason why you're doing this. That's hard to wrestle with. I know. And so it's getting revenge. And then I think following that up, another important question out of the why question, like the motivation of it is, if you get it, right? So like when you figure out what the motivation is, why am I doing this? Is it going to satisfy, right? Like, because here's the thing, if we would be honest, girls, dudes, whatever it may be, like, if you get that body and your ex-boyfriend who you now hate says, dang, she's looking good. Well, you probably still hate him, (laughs) and you probably don't want to be back in a relationship with him just because he thinks you look good. You broke up for a reason. And so I would say now you've set yourself up with this crash course to get this revenge body for a man who didn't say it. And then it's not like you're on this cycle. Okay, you just set yourself up for something that doesn't satisfy again. (laughs) Yeah, and and I think too... I think thinking through that, but then also being mindful of other people through what you're posting. Like, right. So like we talked about it with Kevin here, uh, you know, knowing that Kevin struggles with alcohol, I'm not going to be like, Hey dude, let's go grab beers. Like that kind of thing. Like I'm going to be mindful. Like if me and Kevin are going to hang out, that's not going to be my go-to. Right. And so like, if we know, again, I don't, this is where it gets tricky. I don't think all the responsibility is on. That's what I struggle with. I know it's not all on the female, but there is also when we're, we surrender our lives to Jesus, we're surrendering all of ourselves. And so all the freedoms, all those things where that's where it goes back to Paul's words, where he's specifically talking about different types of food that one can eat and one can't eat. You want to be mindful and you don't want to be a stumbling block through something that you're wearing, something that you're posting. It also falls on <clears throat> it also. So if we're talking specifically what girls wear, what they post and the guy, it's also on the guy like the guys need to be doing. They need to actively be fighting against sexual sin. But I think there's also and again, it goes back to guys through me posting this shirtless mirror pick. Am I really being mindful of other people? Right. Well, it's not even across gender boundaries. Okay. Think about women and women. Right. So it's crazy. We just had this conversation over the weekend. I was talking with a group of ladies and the 
the topic came up about body image and how women can just be nasty. Yeah. Sometimes. So one person said, I feel like sometimes I sabotage myself to make myself less than so that I don't step on anybody else's toes. So how do you how do you encourage someone who who might be trying to be fit or to look better, whatever it may be? For the right reasons, because I want to feel better, because I want to be able to play with kids, because I want to, you know, have a healthy lifestyle, extend my life, all these things. Um, But then culture or social circles say, no, you can't you can't do that. You can't be that. I think asking people like that, does your action match your motivation? Like, does what you do in those moments like and this is this this is just my opinion. This isn't biblical, but it's it's I, I would say based in Scripture. I don't know that there's ever a reason grounded in any sort of action that I would back up as biblical for you to post a a selfie in a bathroom mirror of yourself shirtless or in a bathing suit or in whatever you're in as just a picture of you, right? Like I struggled with that so much when I was in student ministry because if your motivation for getting to that spot in that body was I want to feel better, I want to be able to play with my kids, I want to be able to you know, extend my life or to have a better quality of life so that I can do things like serve the Lord more faithfully, worship more faithfully, go overseas to proclaim the goodness of the gospel more faithfully, whatever it is, my question for that person would be, how does this photo help you do that? And then if their answer would be, because that photo gets likes, that spurs me on, I would say, well, now we've discovered that there's still an unhealthy motivation, even interwoven into your motivation. And I think that backs up to, I think it was you, Jordan, talking about mowing over weeds in the yard. <laughs> like The thing about weeds that makes them so difficult to get rid of is it's there's <clears> never <throat> one, right? There's never like, okay, yeah, I'm not doing this because I'm, I just want people's acceptance, but then something else may come up that it's like, no, I'm doing this because I value what my friends think of me. So I value this specific group of people's acceptance. Or I, And so it's a, it's a constant willingness to ask why, and then to ask why, and then to ask why, and then to ask why, the five whys, wherever that came from. I think we might have talked about that on the podcast episode two of continually examining why we do all of the things that we do. And I think like on the surface, that sounds so exhausting. Like I'm asking you to this cycle of just like questioning everything that you do. But I think when you begin to get into that life and and in the areas that through God's grace, I found the strength to do that in my own life. The result of that is joy, right? Mm -hmm. That it is when the weeds are gone, I don't have to mow the yard every two days because the, the incredible thing about weeds is they grow faster than grass, right? And so if we never treat them, one, we set ourselves up with the exhaustion of having to deal with them constantly, more consistently than we would if the root system was healthy, if all of those things were going on. But it takes a constant pre-emergent, post-emergent, during-emergent, all of those kind of things in our life with other people, with people spotting it, with people helping us treat it, with all of those kind of things to go, hey, even though this started in a seemingly healthy place, our bent as broken, fallen humanity is for good things to migrate in bad directions Mm -hmm. over and over and over again. And so recognizing that means I'm vigilant in letting people in in having, like I love the fact that you said this was a conversation with ladies, in those conversations becoming a normal spot in our life, right? That it's not like, yeah, we talked about that one time and then we moved on. One of the things in working with leaders that I challenge leaders to is, You've got to have people who you consistently connect with who both help encourage and challenge you. 
oftentimes we find people that f- that surround themselves with one of those two categories. I have the the fitness junkies who I surround by people. I surround myself with people who challenge me, who are just going to challenge me, who are just going to try to make. And then eventually they get off of that train because I'm never going to have the six pack that they have. Right. Like I remember doing the insanity workout with Shanti. Shanti, shout out to you wherever you're at. Uh, and like, look sure at he's it. He's a was, big fan yeah, of the podcast. <laughs> you know, I was like, like you do it and you've done like four rounds of this. And it's like, I'm, I don't think that I'm ever physically going to look like Shanti looks. Like, I don't understand. Like, I don't even understand how you get that many abs. Like, I don't think my body has the ability to make that many abs. And so you look at that and like, eventually I get like to this spot that I give up because it's all in that world that I'm surrounded with watching those and doing those workout programs as people who challenge me. But then I see the people who even on like to use the fitness example of that, like when they get plugged into a community with people who challenge them, but also encourage, right? Like that are like, hey, we're not where we're going, but we're walking, right? Like we're not where we're going to be, but we're getting there. And I think this is true in body image, but this is true as just a baseline principle for all of the Christian life. Like I need people who are willing to go, hey, look where you started, but I also need people to go, Look how far we got to go, mm-hmm. right? And I think both of that, both of those are true in in almost every area of life, but in in body image, just the same. And I I think too, like right when you said that comment about that girl trying to sabotage herself, like I think there's one of two, there's two sides of the spectrum. There's one where I'm I'm strictly living for the approval of people, where I have to fit this standard that they want to. Or the other side is I got to keep myself as far away from that standard so that I can win the approval of people in that way. Mm-hmm. Where that comes down to another practical question that I was thinking of while Rick was talking, I think of Paul's words to in Galatians, Galatians 1.10, am I living for the approval of man or am I living for the approval of God? Because there's a difference in living for the approval of others and trying to fit other people's mold. So whether it's through what we post, what we wear, how we look, those types of things. But I truly do believe if we're living for the approval of God and we're living to please him, then the way that we view our bodies, the way that we treat our bodies, the way that we use our bodies, the way that we present our bodies is going to be done in a way that's lovingly sacrificial in the way where we're being, if we're living for the approval of God to please him, then we're going to sacrificially love other people. So I think that that doesn't give us a clear answer of how, Hey, what I wear and what I post is being mindful of other people. Um, but it definitely gives us the right target to aim for because we're not living to approve other people for the approval of other people. We're living for the approval of God and to please God in that way. So my final question, I guess, hopefully this doesn't spark too much. (laughs) This might be a quick one. True or false? Your body is perfect the way it is. Mm, False. What do you say, Jordan? False. Why do you say that? I mean, our body's not perfect. If it was perfect, then it wouldn't, like I said, it wouldn't break down. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't sag. It wouldn't wrinkle. It wouldn't turn gray. So, yeah, I, w- I would say it, it's not perfect, but it was made by a perfect God. It was I, made by a perfect creator. I would say false, but the compassion that I would throw in that I hope you hear clearly in this podcast is that your identity 
or a lack of identity isn't found in the perfection or imperfection of your body, but in the God who created it. And so the aspects of our body that we view as a blessing or a reminder of a God who blesses us and those that we are challenged to work on or a call to respond to that grace and to take steps in obedience to walking to Him towards the reminder that God is going to make all things new yeah. and that our ultimately our hope is in that and not in this shell fragmented deteriorating condition yeah i think i think a good way to think about it is we can find enjoyment in imperfect things because it points us to the one who is perfect so whether that's exercise whether that's body image whether that's food all those things they're imperfect but they we can find enjoyment in those things because they ultimately point us to who is perfect good word all right our next topic, I don't know off the top of my head, but it'll be a good one. Yeah. <laughs> it's coming back in two weeks. I'm so. excited for that. <laughs> so hopefully it's you, not kale. <laughs> we'll talk a lot about kale. No, I don't know. Um, well, hopefully you enjoyed this episode and you got some nuggets to take into everyday life, um, into your conversations. Remember, um, as a believer, we can always speak hope and truth into the lives of those um, we interact with and reminding them that. We have a perfect creator and our bodies may not be perfect, but we can find joy in all the things given to us. Um, We'll be back in two weeks for Grace in the Gray, where we use the black and white of scripture to speak truth into the gray areas of culture. 